Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. This episode is part of our Brotherhood team event coverage mini-series, a series of episodes where we're going to be speaking to a number of the various team captains about their teams and lists, as well as a little bit about the thinking behind their decision-making process and all that jazz. So I'm joined now by Tony Moore from the Dice Studs Gaming Club. Welcome, Tony. Uh, Welcome. Uh, Thanks for having us on. No dramas, no. How are you? Uh, Very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New year uh, and all that. So, uh, yeah, we had a good break. Excellent. So, firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, me personally, been gaming a, a very long time, um, almost half my life, just, just getting to that point now. Um, played uh, 6th, 7th edition, had a few years playing Hordes and War Machine, and then came back at the tail end of 8th edition. Uh, big advocate of AOS from day one. So, um sort of every event that you could do of early days wild west aos i was there uh, and then sort of kept kept that momentum going awesome and could you explain a little bit about who and or what the dice studs gaming club is so the, apart from a pending lawsuit from the creators of south park <laughs> so the dice studs gaming club is an amalgamation really of uh, face hammer and uh, the marauders um, the, the reason uh, it exists uh, really is the fact that we've gone at this event for the first time to six player teams. Um, so, the, you know, the traditional four for face hammer, well, that, that, that didn't quite work. Um, and, you know, similarly from Marauders, um, we, we couldn't get six uh, this early in the year together. So uh, we put our best foot forward and uh, did something uh, a little bit different. Excellent. So you've got the four members of Facehammer plus yourself and Tom Maudsley, right? Correct, yeah. Excellent. So team events are quite unique and we recorded an episode last night. We're now recording on the morning of uh, what we're on now, Tuesday the 7th of January, the morning after the lists have launched. We recorded an episode last night which will be arriving today uh, with Laurie and Steve from Team Keen and they spoke a little bit about team events in general. Um And one of the things they mentioned is that team events are quite unique in a way, uh, and you can often see some fairly quirky lists being taken. Uh, Yeah, so there's lists that you could not ever take to a singles event if you hope to do reasonably well at. Um, So, I mean, I'll harp back a a little bit. So back in the old change host days... um, KO was a massive counter to them. So you knew if you took the change host list, if you faced KO, you lost. You, you'd basically given up your podium. And this was kind of during the the high days of Clown Car. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So both were at the, the height of their powers, as it were. Um, now, in a team event, that sort of consideration sort of goes away a little bit because you can, through the pairing process, you can avoid those matchups uh, that, that don't work. Um, so I'm going to you know, talk about lists a little bit. Um, there are decisions that you make in a singles event that you don't have to think about in a in a, in a team environment. That's I guess that's the takeaway. No, that that makes sense. So can you explain a little bit about the process of how you and your team came about deciding on the lists that you guys are going to be taking? So I, I mean, I, as you know, I've been involved in the 
uh, captain of Six Nations uh, last few years, and uh, obviously was on the ETC team. So I've had a fair. Uh, not your first rodeo, then. No, 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 no. Um, and we've also, uh, as, as a Marauders Club in four-man teams, we've podiumed at uh, the Firestorm Four events that were ran and the Blood Tithe, uh, both of those as well. So I remember it well. It was my first, my first Age of Sigmar tournament, one of the Firestorm Fours. Yeah. So, so we, we've done, we've done all right over, over, over time. And I think, uh, and where a lot of teams sort of fall down a little bit is they get a little bit too clever sometimes. So they 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 come up with these these crazy wacky things. Um, I've always gone with the actually if you're comfortable playing with it and you know how it works on the table, you know how it feels, you know what you can get away with and what you can't get away with um, in terms of survivability, offence, etc. That's more valuable than trying to be overly clever. So you look at our, you know our, our team list. There's nothing groundbreaking in there apart from. Uh, Byron's mixed order it's all fairly standard fare but even then you know whilst Byron's list might be unique in its you know no one's that's not a net list that anyone else is running no Byron running mixed order is very much a you know he knows that style of list oh yeah 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 and and, and again it's different because he's you know he's got 12 pterodons in there shout out to my pterodon bros um he's he's changed his list for the event perhaps but it's still very much his his kind of thing you know he's got tenable shah with a sort of judgment he's got his three tens of arcanauts he's got um you know some screening some drops it's kind of you know some drop from the canaries and stuff like that so it's it's a very byron list so it's definitely something it kind of tunes into what you were saying about like playing something that the players know rather than as you say trying to you know reinvent the wheel and think of something that the, the craziest list ever yeah, because you know, time and again, um, people fall down when they're not familiar with something. There'll, there'll be something somewhere that will lose you a, a game around because you're just not familiar, and your opponent might know it better than you do. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I suppose you've got the added pressure as well, like a self-induced pressure of that you are not just letting yourself down, but you're letting your team down if if you were to fail. So I guess yeah. that can cause additional mental strain at the table. You've got add add you know learning a new army to potentially ruining the the weekend for your team let's say mm-hmm. it's, yeah, no, it's one I, more I, thing to worry about isn't it um you know i mean les refers to it as getting the reps in oh les, les loves the reps he loves the reps so you know but it is that thing that you t- make it familiar so you know you're not looking at war scroll cards you know your stats you know your stuff and as long as you when you've got those basics right i mean i you know i, I write everything down in a book so i keep track of everything in the game so i know the state of state of play um uh, just looking but you take those little pressures away and it allows you to to sort of roll into it a little bit easier more comfortably yeah definitely a great example of that um getting the reps in thing is that um we did a bit of a kind of christmas gaming day up at warmer world and les and i played a little bit due to the fact that uh, we both had to head back home because we had long journeys but also purely for the reps we he played his hallow heart against my well i say his hallow heart tom's hallow heart list that he's taking yes um he played that against my drop stormcast list and we just played the first turn and into the, the turn two priority because yeah. that's the most important bit. You know, the bridge bit is the most important bit of that list and getting that right, getting deployment right 
understanding the order in which you cast the spells in the first turn, knowing how to deploy around the bridge and where you want to then come out the other end. That's yeah, no. that's what that list lives and dies on, isn't it? Absolutely right. And um, So we, just, I mean, we didn't bother playing turn two, A, because we ran out of time, but also it was more important to get that initial bit done right and learn from it. Yeah, and I mean, most of the time when me and Tom have a casual game, we very rarely get past turn two. But that's probably because we take janky lists <laughs> yeah, well, all or nothing lists. You win, you win the priority. And you're like, yeah, I've double turned you with a drop shoot list. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I did, right. it did exactly the same thing against my friend Chris this weekend. Actually, he was taking his Ideneth, and again, I was taking the same uh, Castigator Stormcast list, the Soul Strike Brotherhood list, and uh, he went first, um, failed failed a charge and a buff, and then I went second and won the double. And he was just like, well, there's not a huge amount of point uh, playing because you can uh, command point your Castigators about four times and shoot everything. Yeah. So yeah, we just called yeah. it there. Yeah. But yeah, it, that, that that taught me, just playing the, that first turn, taught me more about deployment and making sure you get wholly within and, you know, positioning everything. And that's the key part of the game, isn't it? Positioning and movement. Yeah, the the, the presence on the board is, um, is the often underrated uh, skill, I think, with AOS. Definitely. Right, back on to uh, Brotherhood chat. So given that you can't duplicate allegiances and war scrolls and everything like that, how did you go about de-conflicting each player's lists? Um, so it, it well it, it has had an impact. So uh, we were debating uh, the Thricefold sort of style list, but that needs portals. Um, but obviously, I, I've taken uh, Nagash, uh, and he needs portals. So both of those two things can't exist. Um, so Terry's taken Corn Bloodthirsters. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's interesting to see Terry running that list because he's yeah Thricefold's very much his bag, isn't it? Yeah, he has run the corn before though at events. He so did, it's yeah. Not, it isn't new to him, uh, so he understands what it is, what it does. Um, he's tinkered around the edges, um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's a it, it's in a style of the Thricefold, i.e., some big stuff and some little stuff backing it up. So uh, it's a good it's list, not a, the Bloodfest list. It's a, it's yeah, a strong it's, list, it's isn't a million, it? miles away it's um and, and actually I, I think that kind of harks back again to your earlier point of this is a list that you would see at a singles event yes but it I, still I, I has a list as well to be well fair. to be honest like your list I, I couldn't really i was looking at a list and, and we haven't actually ever played have we we you just we just dodged each other on a on yeah, game five of yeah. blood and glory because i ran away yeah. um yeah. but uh i didn't see anything different to your to your singles list really no i've not changed a thing and the same thing for uh, for the corn list that Terry's bringing, and you know a, f- a few a few of the other lists in there. Is that Terry's corn list? You would see at a singles event, and it would probably go four and one. But you can just match yourself out of that one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, so, so someone is going under the bus every round because that's that's the, the nature of it. Um, but the thing is, when you've got that familiarity, even in a bad matchup, you can pull something out from somewhere. Yeah, definitely. To what extent do you feel like your team and their lists have got an answer to everything, every question out there? Um, I mean, you look, you look through the uh, the lists, um, and there are some absolutely disgusting things in there. Um, but again, it comes down to that familiarity. You're looking at the name of the person above the list, and you're like, I'm not sure they've played that particularly lots much ever um it, it takes a little bit of the edge out of the list i mean you know i've done a fair few uh, team events and you know you rock up and you're looking at the list on paper and you're like i can never win this and then turn one that the player in an unfamiliarity makes a series of, of mistakes and sort of pulls you back into the game 
Um, so so the, there's an element of that. Uh, but I think ultimately we, we've got four out of every five, uh, sort of out of every six team we can beat in some way, shape or form. And you only need to win four around to, to win the event. So I, I think we've uh, we've put ourselves in a good spot. Excellent. And were there any lists that your players wanted to take that didn't quite make the mark or something that you felt that wasn't necessarily what you wanted that someone wanted to bring? Uh, no, I think we've been we've been pretty good. I mean, I'd have liked to have taken Bone Reapers to give me a bit of motivation to get them built and painted. Um, but, you know, Russ was quite keen on that. So I, I took a step back from those pretty early on. Um, it did mean that uh, Arkan was out in my head for the, the uh, Legions in the Gash lists because um, that was under consideration for Russ. Uh, hence, I've, I've stuck with a big guy and uh, ran him for a, a few events um, at the end of last year. Uh, but no, not not really. We've we've been pretty pretty good and uh, worked together on it. Excellent. So for the event overall, what's what's your aim? What do you want to achieve? Uh, Apart, I want a tr- apart from trophy. winning it, obviously. Trophy. Trophy. What a trophy. <laughs> what a trophy. Um, just to have fun and hang out with friends. It's, that's, that's what AOS is all about, really. And let's assume you're taking first place, naturally. Um, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it to every team captain, I'm sorry. Um, which two teams are you most worried about challenging you for the podium? So, I mean, there are some very good teams in there. Um, I, I'm going to go a little bit out and go for some of the potential surprise ones, but Tom Hewitt, Paul Buckley, Super Mega Bros, that's actually a really strong team. Got some good lists, um, you know, good players, familiarity. Um, as I say, is important. I, I reckon they've they're going to be a bit of a stealth uh, stealth podium. Um, just a real good mix, and I say familiarity with what's going on. So uh, they'd be my my stealth uh, pick. One one to watch. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, I'd say the other one would be I'll tell you later, which is Darren Watson's team. Uh, you've got the Mr. 400, uh, Luke Morton, from, from back in the day. Uh, you know, Dan's on there. Darren's a great player. You've got the My Hills, uh, you know, Nathan on the Gips. I, I think that, again, it's a really good, well-constructed uh, series of lists. And they haven't, I don't think they've gone too extreme either. No, I think they've gone more in a in a vein to, to how we've done it. It looks like, um, I don't really know Slaves to the Darkness, so I can't really comment on rick's list but and darren's obviously embraced the the black king drop but you know the other four from what i can see those are four lists that you take to a singles event yeah 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 i mean the, the bone reapers is solid uh they've obviously got the gash in there uh darren's list is solid it doesn't go anywhere so there's two very tanky lists there and if you want to talk about getting reps in the nathan running gloom spite you yeah know, that's I- that's very much his his bag isn't it yeah, yeah, and a different kind of uh, resilience in there with the, the stabbers, the nets, etc. Uh, again, I, I'm not massively familiar with Slaves to Darkness, but it, it, there's so much bits and pieces in there that there must be some filth that we're missing. Yeah, I mean, Rick's running it, so it must be. <laughs> it yeah, must have yeah. some potential. Uh, you know, Dan's got a Hollow Heart version, and then, uh, you know, I think, did Luke take Face Hammer? Yeah, that Luke won Face Hammer with, with that very similar, list or, or similar enough, or, you know, or yeah, so, similar enough because he doesn't have the um, uh, what's the emo hair dark elf captain the uh, oh um, the 
Pirateteer Captain. Fella. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that. He's got three Aether Wings instead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so that they'd be my top picks. Awesome. So before we go into your own team's lists, so that's that's teams to watch. Are there any outside of those teams? Are there any specific lists that you spotted of particular note? Maybe one that's especially innovative or that you've not seen before, or a novel twist on a, an established classic. So I think the cities of Sigma lists are probably the most out there, sort of wacky. That's yeah, such so a, new such an interesting book, isn't it? Yeah, there's could... a lot of this stuff in there, a lot of different builds in there. Um, but, you know, you've got Living City, you've got Hallow Heart, you've got... Um, I think the main two, I feel like the, the, one of the others is represented as well. Um, I'm really interested to see how Adam Kunis does with his Living City list, because he's a good player and he's got experience running those types of lists. Yeah. With those yeah. kind of units in it, those War Scrolls. But he's now got a book where he can run the Living City in an incredibly competitive manner. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think I think those sort of mixed order type things um, will be the one quite interesting because uh, the book's new enough and it's big enough and there's so much in it that it hasn't settled yet. Hmm. No, I know what you mean. There you go. Black Art Fleetmaster. Adam's Adam's running one. That's the, the unit we were thinking of. There we go. There we go. So let's talk about your lists. Talk me through one of your lists. Maybe you, have you got a favourite or one that's particularly unique that you're especially um, proud of? So I think Tom's surprised people with the more tribes. Well, when I, when I played Les at Warhammer Worlds, for practice for the event, he was running Tom's list. And it got me thinking, because I, I knew you couldn't repeat allegiances. I thought, yeah. well, if Les is running Tom's list, my th- I thought, well, Tom must be running his um, Tempest style list, but then you can't repeat allegiances. Yeah. So yeah. What, what on earth is Tom running? We, we, we would have, to, to be fair, or potentially, if you're allowed to have different cities within like the sub-factions, section. if you could do Tempest and Hallowheart. What a combo. Yeah, I think we've probably <laughs> done something a bit more. Um, no, so Tom, Tom um, is our coach for the weekend. Um, so he's the one that's allowed to pause a game, have a bit of time out with the players, um, etc. So he needed something that was quick so that he could, regardless of the result, get his in done and, and out of the way as uh, speedily so that he had the time to, uh, to work with the rest of us. Um Obviously, this is coming off the back of um, as a non-player captain at the ETC. Um, so that mechanics uh, work really well. Um, so he settled on the more tribes. Uh, obviously, very low model count. Uh, what we got, 10 models. Uh, it's very fast, very quick. It does what it does, um, and, it, and it, it does it well. So he's got a Frost Lord on Stonehorn, who's the general yep. with the Lord of Beasts trait. He's got the Thermal Rider cloak, and his mount's got the Black Clatterhorn. He's mm-hmm. got another Frost Lord on Stonehorn, who's got the Brand of the Svard artifact, and his mount trait is Metal Cruncher. And yep. then he's got a Huskard on Stonehorn, who has a Blood Vulture and Old Granite Tooth mount trait. Yep. And then his battle line are... Uh, four Morphang, four more two Morphang, and two Morphang. And a Stonehorn. And a Stonehorn. And that's uh, there's the Earl Bad uh, Battalion to get the drops down and, and whatnot. So what does that list do well, apart from finish early? So um, it's extremely fast. It's extremely survivable, um, like stealth survivable. You know, the, the rules on the Stonehorn just allow them to survive where they probably shouldn't. Um, the fact that the, the, the beast is count on objectives as 10, 
as opposed to one for everything else. So, well, even a single Mornfang outscores Arkay on an objective. Uh, so, so that's quite big. Um, that's really yeah. key on on the kind of like hero v hero bits where you where all you all you want is to I think basically you capitalize on the survivability of your heroes on your stone horns and you yeah. go into a potentially punchy hero and then you don't need to kill it to get the one nil because you're already ten one anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is survivable. It's quick. It's fast. Um, I say either way, it, it's not going to be one of those games that drags on and on and on, which allows them time to take a step back and uh, work with the rest of us over the round as a, in a coach capacity. That makes sense. Is there anything that you feel it doesn't do well against? You said you think someone might be, if you want to put someone into a bad matchup, is that going to be potentially Tom? Um, no, we don't. We don't have a a bus boy um, <laughs> all on the team. Someone that's I taken. Uh, I don't know what's the what's the worst thing in the game. I can't think of anything. You know, just like uh, <laughs> someone that's just, just literally taken a list purely to. Yeah, no. Um, we 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 all compete. Um, I think we're all um, mature enough and experienced enough gamers that we know it doesn't always go to plan. Um, I'm quite happy to take a, a bad matchup if it means we get the others right, as I know is Tom, you know, Russ, Terry, Byron and, and Les. Um, and I think one of the Six Nations, Les basically spent a whole day taking bad matchups. Um, and it's just the ability to pick that up and go, well, actually, it's for the team. doesn't matter about me and personal glory and all the rest of it. It is all about whether the team gets the four out of six wins. Yeah. Well, we were discussing it last night about how actually a bad matchup that you can get two secondaries out of, you've 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 won, you've achieved what you needed to have achieved in that mission. Yeah. Your yeah, your, yeah. your your intent behind running that matchup isn't to win; it's to get those a couple of extra points so that you can you can max out. Yeah, and it, I mean the, the secondaries. Um, I'll have to sort of hark back to the ETC. So I took flesh eaters, um, which was let's be honest, not as powerful as it was at the start of the year. Um, and every single game I got the first point on the board with secret mission, bringing the ghoul as part of the ghoul patrol, uh, the little crit ghast, into a corner, running them off the board and claiming the point. Um, but what it meant was people were deploying like idiots to stop that happening, or they were just letting me have the free point because they were playing the mission. Yeah. Um, but that was the first point on the board every single round. So good, bad, or indifferent, I was... I, best oh well at worst 119 yeah and then we, we worked up from there it's interesting you say that your list made people play like it is you know make mistakes i still i still maintain that a list that can cause your opponent to make mistakes because they're worried about something is that as a really strong mechanic to have in it regardless of how it is whether it's a deep striking thing that can do something or something that can do a bucket load of mortal wounds you know, having something that causes your opponent to be in a little bit of a flap at the start of the game when they look at your list and go how on earth am i going to deal with that you're, you're starting to gain, gain the upper hand at like a psychological level aren't you yeah yeah no absolutely i mean i think it's ross um he did a seminar a few years back at facehammer um like a gaming seminar so this was post uh, wild west but quite early days um one of the things he's you know it's just about giving your opponent as many choices as you can engineer because at some point they're going to make the wrong decision it's kind of like the the other edge of the sword of target priority isn't it you've got to decide what the most important thing to remove or or 
degrade or put out of action or move to one side or tie up whatever it might be or to screen basically to stop it achieving what it wants to achieve you've got to decide what unit in your opponent's army needs that needs to happen to equally you want to give your opponent as many of those questions as possible yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think that's to be honest that's a, that's definitely a that's, that's, a, that's an idea for an episode in itself <laughs> target priority yeah yeah no absolutely uh, it's quite good um playing that Obviously, we're looking at the lists here, but you know, going down the list and going right, that's that's number one and one. Uh, they're number two. That's a, if I can get it, it's good, but don't worry about it. So you do go through that sort of a process. Oh, definitely. And is there any of the other lists within your in your team that you want to sort of specifically talk about? Um, I'd love to talk about Byron's, but to be quite honest, I don't really. <laughs> well, I know what the Pterodons do, but apart from yeah. that, it's genu- that's another one. It's like we talked about Cities of Sigma. Like, I genuinely think you could, you know, when people say like, oh, you know, this year I'm only going to play X Battle Tome. Mm. You could do that with um, Cities of Sigma. But still take a different list every single event. You you literally play a city for a year, yeah, and still yeah. have options. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Byron's approach to army building with the mixed order thing. Anyway, you know, he's, he took out the uh, the GT final a couple of years ago, didn't he? So mm. he's got a lot of experience running those kinds of lists. Obviously, he's got pterodons in it, so I'm, you know, I'm a bigger fan. So yeah, yeah really interesting to see how it does. It, it will be terrible. It'll be interesting. Yeah, um, there's just loads going on, and you kind of like, right? Well, I need to deal with the you know, target priority but uh, you know, the shadow net warriors are quite uh, quite potent you've mm. got the scourge runners are going to do a job you've got the canary that you can't touch because they're not even on the board yet you've got a terrible shard that's going to pop next and sort of judge people yeah um you know couple that you've got the uh the pterodons uh dropping in from the shadow strike you know there's a hell of a lot going on in there and to uh, and to be honest you can even skink star priest a unit of 30 witch elves or something with a betrayer's crown mm. so even even like that kind of throwaway unit's got something going for it yeah everything does a job i know, I know he, he, he sort of list analyzes uh, between events quite a bit it's kind of like right okay so this didn't work what's around that i can fill that gap with and what do i sacrifice for it so uh, it's always a work in progress but uh, yeah i think that list is is probably the most interesting out there the, the wackiest you know, as you, you articulated earlier, that is Byron's norm. Yeah, wacky wacky order is kind of his his normal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Byron wacky order, as he's known. Um, <laughs> and then even Russ even Russ is taking you know Morse's Praetorians rather than um, Petrifex. Mm, yeah. So potentially bucking what uh, what everyone on the internet is saying is is the trend. Yeah, but again, because it's a team event, um, it's not so bad because. Uh, Catacross's command ability is a big old bubble that gives plus one armor anyway to Mortis Praetorians. So as long as we in the matchup process can uh, can offset that somewhat, um, you know, take out the, the the proper alpha alpha type lists where that wouldn't be in play. Hmm. It doesn't really make any difference, but it allows you to get full use out of Catacross and Xantos. So, um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing because you've got things like Slaves of Darkness. You've got Bone Reapers. You, obviously, you don't have um, Zinch or KO, and I think that that's definitely the right decision, um, given that they're only out a week ago. Uh, sorry, they're only out yeah. a week before the event. Um, but you've got a lot of new even cities. Um, yeah, someone's able with them all, haven't they? War clans. Good. They're all very new books. 
it's it's a good a good breakdown. Um, I mean, I guess mixed order. You could argue as old as time. Uh, Legions and Agash is actually quite an old book now in the grand scheme because of the the pace uh, that they're being released at. Just just an old school vet, Tony. Yeah, well, this is it. So someone on the internet said Nagash was rubbish. So, uh, <laughs> someone in a WhatsApp chat said it was rubbish. <laughs> I, I was like, right, uh, that's it. <laughs> I'll have you. <laughs> cool. So what's been the most challenging thing about preparing for this event? Um, I've got to say, because of the group of people that we've got on the team, it's actually been a really, really nice process all the way through um you know people are like well you know if you you know i'm gonna sort of like my own trumpet a bit but you know with russ like i want to take bone reaps i'm like okay that's cool is there any chance you're going to use nagash in that no cool and then i rocked off and did my own thing so we've been pretty good and and open uh, all the way through but as i say we've got, got a great bunch of guys um you know got a nice little airbnb that we're stopping at so uh yeah, no, yeah, it's good, and that the process running in has been uh, has been pretty good. Awesome. And and have you had any challenges then, or has it all been plain sailing? It, in terms of up to here, it's been pretty much plain sailing. I say there's a couple of decisions around. Well, I need portals, which means thrice falls out. But you know, Terry was was quite happy to, to pick up the corn. Um, you know, Russ and I both wanted bone reapers, but I was just like, yeah, no, that's cool. Crack on, I'll I'll do something else. So, so looking forward then, is there anything you're apprehensive about? Um, no. Well, as I said, there's a lot of naughty, naughty lists in there. Um, so it's it's down really to Tom and I to make sure we get the, the pair-ups sort of bob on. But I don't mind taking a loss if it's good for the team and, and none of the rest do. So individually we might have bad rounds, but um, I think overall we'll be in a, a reasonably good place. And if you had one bit of advice to offer all the players attending, what would it be? Um, just remember that it's a game and, you know, your team are still going to love you tomorrow if you do bad today. You know, don't beat yourself up. Just just crack on and, and enjoy it as much as you can. Well, Tony, thank you very much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Um, you've been the first captain that we've spoken to. Uh, so hopefully this will arrive uh, in people's podcast inboxes tomorrow, Wednesday the 8th, if I can get it edited in time. Um, before we move on to the final two questions, have you got any shout-outs, like club shout-outs or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we the Marauders uh, play out of Element Games. So um, and there's a, there's a, a non-Marauder WhatsApp AOS chat as well as the Marauder one if you're a Marauder. So there's, there's plenty of AOS action at Element Games, but uh, hit me up on Twitter and I can put you in touch. It's at the count more. Excellent. So we'll do yeah. our closing questions. And if you've uh, listened to an, a previous episode of Priority Roll, you'll recognise these two. Um, I'll, I'll ask them both and just respond to them in order. So if you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change, what would that be? And if you could only change one thing in Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game would never change, what would that be? So uh, I would protect the community and the players and the the way as a community we approach the game. I think as a as a community, we are by far the best gaming community I've ever been involved in. Um, everyone is, is top draw. Uh, a, a game mechanic I would change is I'd forget all this re-roll shenanigans, just give us plus one to hit or wound or save. T- take out the endless re-rolls and extra attacks, just make things better. And why is that? Just for a time perspective? or Yeah, I, I just... Uh, yeah, basically... 
Um, I mean, back in the old, uh, you know, the rook days when people were just rolling buckets of dice for 30 minutes, you knew what the result was going to be. Just, you know, give us plus one to hit instead of extra attacks, you know, take out the re-rolls and uh, it just makes it a lot more streamlined. That'd be my only only thing with with AOS. Well, as someone that's run hordes of plague monks, I can certainly uh, (laughs) empathise with your frustrations there. Right, well, Tony, thank you very much for joining us and best of luck at the event. Thanks very much, man. Catch you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Well.